0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. So today on the Irish Tech News Podcast, we are talking to someone that
1: you guys would be extremely familiar with. Would you like to introduce yourself, Simon?
0: Uh, Yeah, look, uh, thanks, Patrick. Uh
1: Simon... Cocking is obviously one of the initial founders of Irish Tech News that has been going for around 10 years now. So today we're going to be speaking with Simon about Irish Tech News, what was its origins and what it hopes for the future. So, Simon, if you'd like to begin with telling us about when did you start Irish Tech and what was the Irish Tech News and what was the initial reason behind starting it?
0: yeah sure so um i guess uh not to steal uh, John's thunder uh john uh armstrong would have uh, uh in, began the process uh and i guess it, i think it was 10 years ago maybe 3 days ago so so y- your timing is good because it's it's pretty much 10 years to the week now um there was he he began it with uh, two other collaborators and then i th- i i kind of got involved probably about a year after that um and then what what tends to, i guess what tends to happen a bit is, is 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 john is very strong on the back end he deals with a lot of the uh, ddos attacks and uh, a lot of the maybe the non glamorous things that make a website grow but uh, i don't think it would be unfair to say that he's not mad on speaking in public so so often what then happens is is because so i used to teach uh, i did a few things but i did teach transition year in a in the various schools. So, so speaking in front of people after dealing with the most difficult audience I could think of, which is bored teenagers who didn't want to be there. Um, speaking yeah. to adults always felt a lot easier. So, so therefore when speaking and moderating, uh, it, gigs came in, in the beginning, uh, John was more than happy to root them to me. Subsequently, we've also pulled in a whole load of other people because you can only split yourself so many ways. But, uh, so I guess it became that thing, um, where, uh, I'd probably was seen more as the face of Irish tech news, um, but yeah, so ten years in, and I guess that he he, he founded it initially because he wanted to review uh, phones and gadgets, and then when I came in, I was more interested in maybe the uh, the entrepreneurial side, why do people do think, do the things they do uh, and maybe shareable advice from them, so I guess that worked well too because we'd be interested in different aspects, which is always good when it's complementary.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting. You'd speak about the duality of having the two of you two separate skills. Often you'd hear of companies setting up and they have a lot of different people and and um, they have a lot of different ideas coming in and different attributes and they can often because there's so many of them clash. So having actually the two this, the two of you starting off is probably best thing for us do you think?
0: Uh, yeah look I mean and so uh, again uh, I, I like to read and like I like to read physical books it, it's my offline time and uh, therefore I made it known to a lot of business publications that we would be happy to read and review um, books and obviously there are a lot of founder stories and you know a bit like Steve Jobs and uh, was or Bill Gates and Paul Allen um, uh, actually I've spoken to a lot of venture capitalists, and they tend not to invest in companies that only have one founder because they believe that too much falls on the shoulders of one person and and they feel it 's a higher risk for their investment so conversely, companies with two or three founders, I think when they do it right, work out what the strengths are of the various people there 's a whole load of plates you have to keep spinning, but if I know that someone else is dealing with the DDoS because it 's not my area. F expertise, then I think that's actually a good way to build and grow a company. And I think when you look around there, I think I think most companies have have done that to some degree. And I mean, Elon Musk came out of the PayPal mafia, so there was a bunch of them, Peter Thiel and others, maybe six or seven, who, who were all there at the beginning and made enough money to then go off and follow their own interests. So I, I, I think if you look at startups as as a team as a team activity, I think it gives you more possibility for success because it's a lot to take on your shoulders when you're growing and pushing something new uh because there are so many things that get thrown at you and if it's all on you it's only inevitable that you're not going to be able to deal with them all as well because none of us are, are great at everything so so i'm definitely happy that that, that we've had other people that it, it, it wasn't just me doing it you know
1: yeah that's brilliant thankfully it didn't go down the route of certain mark zuckerberg and eduardo Stavrin, so
0: <laughs>
1: it was yeah all. look
0: i mean i mean and so with the social network you're right i mean and and even you could say uh the, the vinkelvoss twins that he worked for previously because you know he you know like he he pretty much took their idea and, and and left them and did it again and then had to pay a large amount of money out of court to settle for that and then like you say his brazilian roommate um and then and then there's another guy who we've interviewed, who is one of the early coders for Facebook um, Oh, his name will come to me. Uh, he plays ultimate Frisbee and he went off to create Quora. Quora. Um, so, I, yeah, and look with Mark Zuckerberg, too. He has this insane vote where he always has the majority vote. And, and, and like you're, I guess, alluding to, I don't think that's a good thing. And I think Facebook has a lot of ethical challenges, probably because there's only one person with a controlling interest.
1: Yeah, there's only one person whose personality you can kind of see from what the current happening in Facebook's are. So it's with more people on board, maybe there'd be different ideas about things and it'd just be a bit more
0: global. I'd agree with you. And and several of the early investors have said that they're not happy with the direction that Facebook has taken and they actually feel it's not a force for good. Much like, you know, Google's initial mantra is uh, do no evil. I don't know if Facebook has something, but but you know, I think theirs was to share information and end privacy. But you can see there's so many conflicts of interest and so many negative things. I mean, I think they even have said that potentially a genocide had been incited uh, in Burma via the use of Facebook. I mean, and you know, is that is that the the goal that you ended your product, you aimed for your product to do? I would hope not.
1: Obviously. Of course, sure. When Facebook, the whole point of Facebook was to connect people with one another and then obviously as things grow they begin to manipulate and that's almost the problem of it to begin
0: with. You're right and and I think you know um, like so Zuckerberg's pulled into S- senate hearings and they were saying how can you make money when your product's for free and he kind of tutted and said well it's all the ads and the thing is is that like you say there's, there's no safety catch between uh, What are we doing to monetize and what are we doing to to prevent harm? So, yeah, look, I mean, uh, it's tricky because I I would feel that in many ways, Facebook may not be around forever. But as they've bought Instagram and WhatsApp, you know, many people forget that. So they may not be using Facebook, but they may be equally sharing their data, information and messages across two other major platforms that they also own.
1: Yeah, of course. Sure. Moving on to the next question. So what would have been the reasons behind starting Irish Tech? What inspired you to make a website about Irish Tech News and global tech news?
0: Well, you see, okay, so 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 John explained to me that him and his brother used to like to take the fridge apart and wonder how it worked. So therefore, you know... <laughs> they're very much at the why does it do what it does and then he said his brother was a fair bit older so that then he'd bring stuff home from work and they would take it apart and look at it so uh, therefore um, I think Irish Tech News aims to, to have that curiosity both in tech gadgets software and then also with the entrepreneurial interviews to, to look at why do people do the things that they do uh, and, and, and and what 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 's the rationale behind the decisions they make and and I guess for me you know i 'm interested one I think you always learn you 're never going to lose by talking to people that are have successfully developed businesses and 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 so, and I guess conversely, Bill Gates will say success is a lousy teacher because you just look back and you see how everything was a series of brilliant decisions uh, but ideally, if you can have some some analysis on what you're doing, then potentially, uh, you also see the bits where, oh well, that actually didn't work so well. And and in all the interviews that that I do, I I often try to ask them, what would you have done differently? You know, just to unpick that thing and not just deliver uh, an untrammeled narrative of success, but to say, well, what were the bumps in the road? And and I think that ideally makes for shareable, interesting content, and and that's ideally the rationale behind it, um, and also. We try to cover a very wide range of topics because there's this concept of the long tail that uh, a few of your stories each day and each week will be big hitters. But often 50 percent of our traffic will be stories that could be six months to three years old. But they were found because the title was evergreen. So I I think the idea is is to try and offer value uh, by ideally digging deeper and finding out what people want. What they mean by the things that they did, and and obviously there are some, you know, journalistically you can kind of have fun by if you leave a pause and and suggest that you're not really completely convinced by someone's answer, then you may get more back from them, and and that's with the podcast or verbal interview, but even with the text ones, if I if I get one line answers or answers that just feel trite or self-serving, I'll push back and say, well, what do you mean by that, or can you explain that further, because because I want I want it to be useful to other people.
1: Yeah, no, you're dead right. And then when you think about, like, from um, my experience of writing for Irish Tech, Tech covers such a broad range of topics, like ranging from, as you said, business innovation to global tech. It's a very, um, it's very topic that you can just dive straight into, encounter a lot of things you didn't, you wouldn't have initially expected, like.
0: I think you're right. And, and, and it's taken us into social media. We've done Conor McGregor. It's taken us into surfing. Uh, Ireland's best female surfer, Eastki Britain, also has a PhD in something to do with water. So, so actually, you know, the science, the tech and the sport and you know nature are are often actually intertwined which makes sense you know it's a false dichotomy to have arts and science um so so i think you know irish tech news is an interesting and handy title because because you can kind of be all things to all people um and it enables us to experiment to see what what resonates with people and and so we have done we've done blockchain internet of things um a very wide range of topics uh and I guess like we live where we live and we are in the time that we are. But the technology, it's hard to find an area that isn't impacted by the things that as humanity we've discovered and learned. So I think it's a constantly moving area but can be applied to almost every aspect of our lives. Yeah,
1: I have to agree. Just moving on to the topic of your background. So, so you said um, you'd started off as teaching transition your students which is a fate I wouldn't want to impose onto many people but (laughs) before doing um before getting into that what would you been
0: involved in and what would have been your current your interests sure um so I, I can chunk it into three areas so so my first degree was uh American studies majoring in history so uh I was a history major Um, And then I did a master's in development economics, uh, looking at how to achieve development in Asia, Africa. Uh, The terminology has constantly changed. They were called less developed countries. They were called the third world, but that was obviously seen as derogatory. Um, From that, I did a year in Central America to try and get some practical experience and and back in the day, in the 90s, the way you'd make money is, is you'd do TEFL. So we would do voluntary work with the Red Cross. We'd do some development work and then you'd, you'd, you'd teach English. And that was, that was the go-to source of employment around the world. Um, yeah. so, I, so I did TEFL for about eight years between Central America, uh, in Spain, in Madrid, and then in Ireland. And and that was okay, but because my master's was in development studies uh, with an environmental aspect, I, I did want to eventually try and do environmental education. So we um, definitely tried to do that in Dublin in the 90s, but, but there wasn't much interest, appetite or understanding into the value of it. But there, there was a lot of social deprivation issues, so there was a lot of community development funding. So basically, uh, we found ways to do environmental education under a community development remit, and they were like, as long as you're engaging with children from disadvantaged areas, women's aid, uh, marginalized groups, then then we'll fund your projects and so that worked and then from that we were commissioned by the, the Ballymun uh, Regeneration BRL, BRL. BRL. company um, to help green the regeneration of Ballymun. So 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 that gave us uh, like a I did it for about ten years, where we we did a back of an envelope. It would be good if there was a farmers' market, if there was tidy towns, if there was polytunnels, if there was gardening. Uh, How could you make the regeneration sustainable? And development, basically. Yeah, yeah, community development with 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 a sustainability focus. I mean, all of this now sounds quite logical and rational. But when they were drawing the plan up in two thousand, they didn't have any tangible projects to be able to roll this forward so so we did that and 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 it's interesting because about three years ago i met up with the guy who mentored us to do this so we in in effect had like a, a 17 year review of the projects and everything that had come off but it took 17 years whereas back in the 2000s we were reporting every quarter and and the funders weren't always convinced that things were happening because you can't necessarily achieve this over a three to six month time frame. Uh, So I guess that's the challenge. But it's a bit like, I mean, the Chinese say the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and the next best time is now. So you can only dig where you stand. And we, we knew what would be good, but we knew it might take time. And I mean, so now in Ballymun, Uh, the rediscovery centre has been built and again that was something that we drew on the back of an envelope and I think it opened maybe two years ago so it took a a good 15 years between conception to creation and they have hempcrete, they have water recycling, they have lots of cool things there so it it was great to see it happen. Um, And those were things that we researched and spun out the ideas of what what it might be like. And then we got funding and they hired a manager and then the manager went away and eventually got it built. So these are are good things, but they take time. So I guess that was my interest. And to cross-reference in terms of writing, uh, because I did the community development, we did a lot of art projects. And I would write about them sometimes. And I would write for some of the Irish art magazines and Sculpture Society of Ireland. I think it was called then. So I was always writing. And then, and then in terms of the projects that we were doing, we needed to get media coverage. So it's almost a bit like uh, when people move into PR, we were in effect writing about the project in a way that we would hope would be captured and covered by the media. So there's almost there's always perhaps two sides to the coin, you're either in the media, writing about stuff, or you're in projects that, that, that need to get media coverage, and you're working out ways to get covered by the media. So so that was definitely the the my, where I was for about 10 years uh and then uh by by the recession in twenty eight twenty ten, 2010 um I felt my skills were quite soft I felt I was kind of done with community development uh you know things were either happening or they were on a time frame where y- you yourself have feel, felt you have done what you can do so so I retrained yeah, and I get you uh retrained as a software engineer. Um, Which is all right, but I'm a terrible coder. So I realised though that on the tech side of things, you need people that can communicate. So you need your your very skilled developers, but then you also need people that can understand to the wider public what is possible and what isn't possible. So there's still a value for communications even in very heavy, deep tech areas. So that gradually led me to uh, writing, and from that, uh, reaching out to Irish Tech News, and therefore then that's the sweet spot where where you have The knowledge but you also have the interest in communicating and then therefore I guess I flipped the fence and I went from being somebody to trying to get coverage in the media to being somebody writing about it to disseminate information to other people so that's that's kind of a long answer but but it it means that if there was a there was a reason how it progressed
1: yeah yeah that's interesting to think of in terms of Irish tech when it approaches a global perspective thinking how you obviously had a lot of global experience and living across the world. So it shows how that is, um, there is a certain parallel to the work that's done at Irish tech news now, that it's not just restricted to uh, like just in Ireland, that it does cover a global perspective.
0: Yeah. And, and again, with things being data led, uh, we could see that from the data, uh, three quarters of our audience weren't Irish and um, we had a really interesting uh, example where there was this Indian billionaire he'd sold his company a publishing company to a Chinese outlet for him and his brother for well over a billion So, so I interviewed him and I interviewed him in the first week of December and it became our most viewed article of that year. So a bit like when Star Wars gets released at the end of the year, but it's still the best selling movie. This article only had three weeks of that calendar year and yet still had more traffic. And most of the traffic was coming from India. Now, obviously, if you write about an Indian billionaire, on one hand, that's a no brainer. India, billion people, great audience, uh, a good, good level of English, good enough to read it. And of this was driving traffic driving traffic to our site. So this showed that, like you say, we didn't necessarily have to have anything about Ireland. We didn't even have to say, have you ever been to Ireland? You know, like it was more, who are you? What do you do? What are your successes? What's your plan? Uh, What are your insights? And, And therefore, Irish Tech News is maybe both a challenge and also an opportunity in terms of a name because when it suits we can be irish and when it doesn't suit we're just somebody who interviewed some an indian billionaire on an irish website and when your traffic is on that situation overwhelmingly not irish then then the irish aspect becomes irrelevant if you have good content
1: yeah and that's so important even in terms of as you said trying to gain media attention because so many like media is so fast and then if you're moving trying to obviously get cover as much audience as you can you do have to go global not just marginalize yourself to report like staying in ireland
0: yeah yeah like you say and look when 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 you hit google or whatever search engine you're using uh you 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 generally read the results on the first page and you're not particularly geographically searching you're looking for the most relevant results to the to the the, the question that you've posed here so so like you say yeah i mean i mean it doesn't matter where we're based to create the content and equally therefore uh it doesn't matter where your audience is as long as you have a good and growing audience
1: yeah so then moving on um just in terms of what roadblocks do you think yourself or John encountered as you went about this journey for Irish Tech News? Like what you mentioned there how you had a career change at the start of the two thousand and eight recession, turning into software development. So clearly and most as most things do, it it's quite rough before it becomes smooth. So what roadblocks would you guys have encountered when starting the website?
0: uh definitely roadblocks uh uh what this is one that not about when starting but but since covid and the lockdown uh the number of ddos attacks we had went up massively and and so the shorthand reason for that is is there's more script kiddies at home with nothing to do so they try and knock your site over so you know um an aspect of, of your growth is as your profile grows, which is good. But as your profile goes, then it's like John McAfee, the antivirus uh, developer. He sold it, but he, he created it. Uh, he says that many hackers see him as the badge of honor to attack. So he's always getting attacks on his phone, his email account, everything he does because he seemed to be the go-to person to knock over because if he created the antivirus and you're a hacker, you want to take out the person who built that. And so similarly for us, you know, um, we were endlessly getting DDoS, which is a denial of service attack where they, uh, you marshal a load of bots and send a million messages to the site and it knocks the site over. Um, so so therefore, you are always going to face this challenge as you grow, um, but that doesn't make it trivial. It's still a, can be a real pain in the neck. And so we used the downtime during lockdown to do things at the back end to, to be able to uh, identify non-human traffic, because obviously, uh, non-human traffic can often be bots and can be bad. But it's not always bad, because you have spiders that crawl your site to rank it for Google's algorithm because the higher you come up the algorithm, the better you do in searches. So not all non-human traffic is bad, but the denial of service ones are. So so this is a roadblock. It's a constant roadblock. Uh, but for now, we have uh, much better, like the site doesn't get knocked over nearly as often because we've uh, managed to filter out a lot of the bots. So I think that that's, that's typical and symptomatic. Um, that would, that would be the, the, the biggest one because if you're not up and the people can't see your content then then your traffic's not going to go anywhere so um, what other ones um, i guess maybe for f- f- more years behind than now uh, we'd often get trolled and so you'd be the whole discussion about don't feed the trolls and 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 the thing is is that as humans you you're often more struck by the one negative comment than the 99 positive comments and so i guess yeah so i guess part of that i mean and, and john i think would have had more detachment on that than i would i would have been i guess i'd probably be more determined to wade in and explain why the troll was wrong but as always it's very hard to reason with unreasonable people and therefore you have to factor in is is the critique, is the critique valid if it is go away and try and fix their their critique uh is the critique just narky? Uh, Does it need a reply and what kind of reply does it need and how much time and energy do you give it? And so I guess those are things that you always need to be weighing up and evaluating about how much time and energy you give to people. And I mean, somewhere I've come across, you have energy vampires. So again, a bit, and this is perhaps a bit like dealing with transition year. uh, I I think teenagers are unconsciously programmed to aim to get a response out of adults. So trolls in some ways are perhaps a bit like that, that they're just looking to wind you up. And if you reply in any shape or form, they've already basically won because- They've won, yeah. It's just classic, even in terms of the you'd have with friends and family. <laughs> so so those are definitely some of them. Um oh I think we could almost have a whole chat but I'd have to go away and think about the best roadblocks, you know.
1: Yeah, of course. So then okay, so on to the next question. It was something you actually asked me when we were speaking um what would in terms of adaptations to then modern media what um different changes has Irish tech news have to take has had to
0: take over the last say Ten years since you started okay well I think we haven't had to but what we've done is is we've been an early adopter on a few things so so one of the cool things that we've had for over a year now is we have a plugin that turns all text to audio so that means at the top of every article that, that that is written you can choose to just listen to that and you know, it's a plugin. Uh, I th- I always think it would be cool if it had like Samuel L. Jackson or Werner Herzog's voice, or maybe Bob Dylan. <laughs> you know, or, or um, the
1: classic Morgan Freeman.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, so so we don't we don't quite have. Uh, automated uh, personalized AI voice but we do have the plugin that renders all text to audio so so I I think I think for us the paradigm is not what we've had to do but what we can do to put ourselves above our rivals and so that's definitely one that has worked works really well and people like Uh, although sometimes then it's not really a troll but they say oh why can't the voice boy this be this or that and you know because you you can't control the gender of the voice so so that's definitely worked. Um, another one is is that equally all text articles. On the site get mirrored over to an iTunes uh, site as well for podcasts so 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 this is a podcast this is voice but equally anything that's text also gets flipped into a listenable content too so the goal is is to make your content work as hard as possible to be consumable in the way that your reader listener wants to so if they want to listen to your article that you've written while walking the dog That's something that we can offer to them by if you you flip over to the iTunes site and you listen to the audio version of it. So therefore, one article but available on many sites, not everyone does that. But by us doing that, we are increasing the ways that people can engage with our content, which obviously is a no brainer. So so I think that's another one that is working well. the fact that we're doing more podcasts um, we have four years of data and so we started we've been doing it but now we're looking at what works well what's the optimal time what's the what are the optimal to- topics what's the optimal time to publish uh, and how do you push and share it in the best way and length and everything um, so these are things that the more you can do to be ahead of your the cur- head of the curve and ahead of your rivals the more you will get more traffic and one, we have to have good content, but two, we also have to be strategic, smart and scrappy about how we get it out there. And and equally, um, the optimizing of the content, not keyword stuffing, but intelligent optimization of content means that often like for like content's That we have and the Irish Times have will often rank above them because we've taken the time to optimize the content before getting published which is something that you've helped us with and so these these are smart small wins but but when you have less resources you have to you have to compete and you have to use the tools out there And if you can move faster than a larger more monolithic company then it makes sense to do that so I guess that, that there's a strategy behind it and, and we're going to openly try to do whatever the next good thing is that comes along as well.
1: Of course, I'm sure a lot of people out there would be very surprised if they listened into to the Irish Tech News and heard a certain Donald Trump read them out their article.
0: I think they'd be deeply traumatised and may never come back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course, that would be the initial reaction. Um, so on to just... And the last question, obviously, in the last few months, a lot of um speculation and talks been brought about the media due to certain documentaries such as Netflix's "The Social Dilemma." Mm-hmm. Where it basically brings into account all the issues that's wrong with social media and the different traffic that's pushed towards us daily. So, what would you say your thoughts on on what What would you say your thoughts are? On the current situation of digital media, I'm like, is it going in a positive direction or a negative direction?
0: Yeah, so, so for example, last year there was the Age of Surveillance Capitalism, uh, which was a great book uh, and really, uh, perhaps unleashed a trend of books. Again, by reviewing them, it does give me an idea of what what is trending, and the definitely is the a reevaluation and a questioning of. What is social media? What is it doing to us? What is it taking from us? And is it, or how is it, manipulating and driving society into places it really perhaps shouldn't be going? And obviously, you know, with with with, with you know with Bolsonaro, the Brazilian leader, and Putin, and um, the Kim, Kim Jong the and then donald trump and again even as recently as standing on the balcony yesterday in an avita like pose with the flags behind him you have this play to popular sentiments and you know it's a big challenge to to avoid dumbing down to the lowest common denominator and you know like in contrast you know black lives matter lgbt plus these are all important issues that basically about fairness and everyone being treated equal whereas the converse is is if previously uh, you know the, you know like there's a concept you know the, the, the whites in america would feel that they are losing their privileges whereas actually it's more you know it's making everyone be treated equally and social media as we've seen from Cambridge Analytica and you know the Facebook's deeply unethical selling of people's data has been has been used for inappropriate Goals. So, you know, most books I get coming in, or maybe every second one, is is articulating this. And you've got two things. One, you know, this has just happened that we we have jumped into this place without it being regulated or managed. And you know, tech companies are having more influence over our lives than than they should do. But it's been a land grab, and surveillance capitalism would make would very much articulate this and put put illustrate the problem we're in. And like you say, with the Netflix documentaries, um there's there's a growing awareness that that what we have now isn't right and needs to be done differently and and obviously you know say with trump you know he'll scream out fake news but fake news is basically a uh, shorthand for i don't like what you're saying because it doesn't suit my version of reality but that doesn't mean it's not true and it doesn't mean the analysis isn't facts driven much like covid you know that you know there is science but but we've reached in the same position where people say that's science but i don't you know i don't like that science i want different science so you know yeah. i i i'm i'm hoping that 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 the dialogue is pushing us to doing things in a better and less damaging and destructive way because because you've mentioned those documentaries and because they're on netflix uh, it does give me some degree of positivity that that you know you and i know the issues and we are aware of them and at least that's the starting point and and while things are somewhere like crazy to insane in the U.S. Uh, it is quite possible you could have a, a reagan mondale result where maybe he wins one state, hopefully. And hopefully we could be moving to a time by January because, again, you know, climate change hasn't gone away. You know, we still have massive problems globally. Uh, and this is almost a bit of a diversion, you know, But but we need to turn things around fast because if we don't, you know, we're going to be putting ourselves into extinction.
1: Yeah. No, they're all very interesting points. And it's crazy to think, though, just because that's what life is at the moment. It's just digital digital media, especially in a time such as COVID-19, where the amount of people that just sit looking through feeds all day and going through their different streams and seeing different news and what's real and what's fake. And then people like, as we were saying, Donald Trump is able to just manipulate this in a way to his own gain. So it is a terrifying time to be alive, I would say, but then hopefully due to the digital advancements that are available, that it's also a time that could potentially be more beneficial to us.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't want to be um, doom and destruction on this because equally, digital hopefully enables us to do real-time fact-checking and therefore, you know, if someone says something, I mean, so Boris Johnson had a hilarious one maybe yesterday, the day before, where he said, "Oh, back in the day, people used to say that wind turbines couldn't blow the skin off a rice pudding," and then people immediately said, "No, that was you that said that seven years ago." So, <laughs> so, he, so he was creating a straw man of a negative comment while forgetting that he was the person who had said it. So, so in that way, I think we can look at real-time fact-checking as a way to say no that's wrong that's utterly wrong and i'm not gonna let i'm gonna hold you to that and and therefore you know like i guess humanity has always been you know g- good and evil like, humanity can do very bad things to each other and it can also it also has a, a communal uh social side to it as well and i think it's just trying to uh give oxygen and light to the positive side and again you know like with uh black lives matter and lgbt plus in some ways we have come a long long way uh and yeah a lot of positive things are now more normal you know like i mean there were there were some good surveys about acceptability of mixed race relationships um single sex relationships uh you know like Ireland went from being what would be considered to be a very conservative country to, yep, let's have the marriage, let's bring it in, and of course it makes sense, because it was articulated in terms of, as a granny, would you let your grandchild marry the person they love? And and the best the opposition could come up with was uh, a a very negative and hate-filled alternative, and therefore, you know, that campaign was intelligently conducted, and and I feel the the right result came out of it. So, Therefore, hopefully, you know, digital media can also be a very powerful force for good as well.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. I think that's everything I was going to ask you, Simon.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. No worries.